Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Jamel and Tim explores the lives and untimely passing of Jamel Moore and Timothy Dean, two black gay men who both died from a meth overdose at the home of a West Hollywood political Ed Buck. Their deaths at the now infamous apartment sent shockwaves through the LGBTQ plus community. The ensuing media circus cooked up a spicy concoction of sex, drugs, race, and politics, but had no appetite for an in-depth story of those individuals who truly were valued. The film is called Jamel and Tim, and we're joined today by the director, executive producer, cinematographer, co-editor, and writer, Mikhail Thomas. Mikhail, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. How did you hear about the story? What, what put you on to this as a project? Um, that goes back to the beginning of the pandemic. So that is mid-2020. Uh, mm -hmm. um, the pandemic happened, uh, like work stopped, everything stopped. And then uh, besides the pandemic, also the Black Lives Matter movement really erupted during that time after uh, the death of George Floyd. And I remember participating some of the marches in, uh, in Los Angeles. And I was wondering, you know, like what, what role I could play and because some people take it to social media, some people protest and I make films. So I was I was started wondering, you know, what what is a social justice story that I could tell? And in the midst of a pandemic, what has happened in Los Angeles? But I didn't have to look very far because the story of Jamel Moore and Timothy Dean is actually in my close circle because uh, I'm a member of the uh, Gay Basketball League in Los Angeles where uh, Tim Dean used to play as well. So when he died, that really affected uh, my inner circle uh, very hard. Now, I do have to say I did not know Tim very well. I, I only met him a couple of times. But like I said, his, his best friends were my best friends. Um, I didn't have to look very far and once I came up with the idea, I first wanted to reach out to them and get their blessing uh, because I wasn't going to do the story if, if I didn't get their blessing. And um, of course, they asked questions and, um, and we had some very deep conversations, but eventually they gave me their blessing. And one of my best friends, who's also a co-producer of my previous films, Michael Franklin, he actually had connections with uh, Jamel. Um, and he started reaching out to, to that circle and, and kind of, you know, explaining about the idea, uh, what we wanted to do. And, and once a couple of Jamel's friends were on board, we, you know, the ball started rolling and, and the project took off. I think one of the strengths of the films is the way that you're able to provide a backstory, provide a very rich and, and some real depth to their lives in the film. Jamel, Jamel died, was killed before Timothy. Um, was there a sense within the LGBTQ plus community? There was, at least we see in the film, there were people who were already kind of onto the idea that there was some particular person who was responsible for this. Is, was it a, 
was it something that was well known or was it fairly isolated? Um, it was known. People talked about it, but at the same time, there were two different sides of the story that were going around. Uh, one story that was going around were all the stories that suddenly from Ed Buck, because there were um, a lot of stories that suddenly started coming up about all those things that were going on in that apartment. But at the same time, there was also a lot of victim shaming going on and, and stereotyping about Jamel and uh, oh, and it was his own fault and, you know, a lot of labeling and um, and despite the efforts of, of some individuals in the community, it, it just their their voices weren't heard. It, the, the, that was the big frustration that their voices were not heard. Well, let's back up a half a step because we had, we need to describe who Ed Buck is. I hadn't named him, but thank you for doing that. Who is Ed Buck? Ed Buck is someone, a political activist and uh, animal rights activist, LGBTQ plus activist, um, who has been active first in Arizona, and then he came to uh, West Hollywood. And first he was a Republican. When he came to West Hollywood, he became a Democrat, and he kind of got close to the circle of politicians, democratic politicians within Los Angeles and within um, Hollywood. And uh, he was, for example, one of the uh, people who was behind the ban on fur in uh, the city of Los Angeles. So he kind of got a name in the in the political world. Um, he tried to run for city council in West, West Hollywood, but never got elected. He's shown up at city councils and, and at political events being more aggressive. And people were also aware that he was dealing with it with an addiction, but nothing was really ever done or taken serious about his addiction, like how deep and how, how far that was actually going. He was a big deal. Well, what made him a big deal eventually is because he because he didn't get elected. That's when he started using his money to uh, become a political donor. And that's why he became interesting to other political figures within Los Angeles, because he was a donor to them. And that's why um, his name got around like in, in Los Angeles. He was initially, at least people were, when Jamel died, people were pushing the idea that he was responsible. But this is where politics also becomes not just Ed, Ed Buck politics, but big picture politics in the form of the district attorney at the time, Jackie Lacey, and the reluctance, apparent reluctance on the part of authorities to investigate what was perceived as and ended up rightfully that uh, he was in fact responsible. But I, that's a very interesting part of the, the dynamic of the film was Jackie Lacey and the, and the sheriffs. And there's a lot of, well, what would you, anything you'd like to comment on that? I mean, some things there are not proof about. Uh, for example, like I mentioned, you know, Ed Buck, he was a political donor and he donated uh, money to several politicians who could have done something about this. So, you know, you could raise the question is something like, was he protected? Um, but I kind of also, I raised that question and I let all the people involved answer that question, but there's no one answer to that question. So that's why I wanted to leave that open a little bit as well for the viewers to take their own 
to draw their own conclusions. But, you know, I definitely do think that there were some political uh, mistakes that were made, especially with Jamel, which already should not have happened. But, you know, that one person died and several people came forward. And still this case was not taken seriously. Like there's been, you know, so many mistakes that happened on so many levels uh, from the sheriff's uh, department to the district attorney to um, also, you know, the, the mayor, John Duran in West Hollywood, who also had ties to Ed Buck. Um, he was his attorney for a long time. And always, you know, when when people spoke up in in city councils, like he kind of got defensive and and kind of protected Ed Buck and and raised more questions about the victims than actual Ed Buck himself. It's a fascinating part of the film. It is the death of Tim Timothy Dean that really sets the ball rolling downhill in in the direction of Ed Buck. I don't want to give away too much. I don't want to say too much, but I just want to say that if you, anything you'd like to comment on in that regard, but um, again, political activism is important in so many ways. And it's almost always the difference between justice and not justice in, in a situation like this, where you have two black men who were, who died in some powerful person's presence um, that really makes a difference. For me, it was important, you know, of course, I wanted to break down everything that happened and, you know, break down the crime, but it is the people in the community who finally, who eventually brought justice to this case. And that's why it was very important to me to really give them a platform in, in this documentary, because it was such a long, lengthy process for them. Uh, there was a, a year and a half between the death of Jamel uh, and Timothy. And then after that, it, it took even uh, longer for Ed Buck to, to finally get justice for, for, for the victims. So that's why, you know, it, it's all the work from the people in the community. And, and that was very important for me to, to highlight in the film. Absolutely. I want to remind our listeners that we're speaking with the director, producer, cinematographer, co-editor, writer, a wonderful documentary film called Jamel and Tim, and that would be Mikhail Thomas. And so much of what we've been talking about in, in many ways is procedural. It's about the law. It's about, you know, sort of discussing the crime itself. But what the film does is give us a very full-bodied portrait of these two young men. The, they were beloved. They were loved by people who knew them. And, I, you know, again, I, any really well-done uh, documentary, in my opinion, has to be able to connect the kind of the big picture with the small picture. And I think your film did that very effectively. And I have a question. I just want to congratulate you on allowing us to have some idea, some insight into the lives of these two men. Thank you. And, you know, and that was also very important to us because in the newspapers, there's only one headline and, and so many a maximum amount of words that we can use. And to me, it was very important to have a 90 minute film to show a bigger picture of these two people. And yes, you know, what happened to them was part of their lives. And we don't, we do, we don't want to shy away from that either. Um, it was part of their lives, but we also wanted to see like what led to that moment in their lives. And, you know, we wanted to show the good, the bad and the ugly in the hope that we can prevent uh, this from happening again in the future. 
let's talk about how people will be able to experience Jamel and Tim. Okay. Jamel and Tim premieres on iTunes and Apple TV on October 18th, as well as additional platforms that include Google Play and YouTube, but uh, iTunes and Apple TV, it will be available on, on uh, October 18th. Yeah, congratulations. What are we working on next? Yes, um, I'm working on a next project, but unfortunately, yeah, talk about I have it. my lips sealed. <laughs> I'm very excited about it. What I can say is I have two big passions and that is sports and that is, um, you know, humanizing stories. And that is exactly what this next project will be. So I'm very excited to for this for this new adventure. Well, congratulations on future projects as well as Jamel and Tim. Again, as I said, it's going to be on iTunes and Apple TV beginning on October 18th. Be looking for it as well on Google Play and YouTube. And you can pre-order it now if you choose to go up to uh, either what iTunes or Apple TV. Mikhail Thomas, thank you so very much. Thank you so much for spending a little time with us and uh, all the best on the future. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.